Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and we have two unusual guests today, so stay tuned. This is going to be a lot of fun. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands. Well, we seem to be having some problems uh, with our ad, so I'm I'm back here, and I'm going to let you know uh, about our upcoming guest. We're going to be talking to a professional, non-professional, or non-professional professional. I'm not sure which. We're going to have to uh, determine that when we talk to him, but a fabulous blues player, John Williams. But before that, we're also going to interview a wonderful new R&B and pop singer. And uh, that act, that interview actually took place yesterday. So you won't be able to call in and talk to her. But, of course, as usual, you'll be able to uh, send email questions in to her. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here on Music Friday Live. And this is your show. These bands are here to talk with you. So call us. 347-215-7511. That's in the second half of the show. We talk to John Williams. Or email your questions and comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And also, I want to just let everybody know that the chat room is open. We'll be right back. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. I'm back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host of Music Friday Live, and we have a caller on the line. Hi, is this uh, Joe? Sure is. Joe Marson. Yes, sir. Well, Joe, first of all, thanks for calling in, and congratulations on your nomination for the Guitar Center Award. Why don't you tell us about it, and tell us about the upcoming event at the Troubadour. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a very cool thing. Um, so I guess the, the skinny on it is uh, 14,000 people um, submitted for the Guitar Center Singer-Songwriter Contest, and uh, only five of us were, were chosen by by Don Was himself, the uh, the famous uh, producer, and we all won about uh, ten grand in gear as being a uh, finalist. So I got a lot of new toys to play with. It's very cool. And uh, and then the, the 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 final competition happens in uh, in March, uh, early March, um, at the Troubadour. Um, we all play a couple songs, and uh, winner gets. 25 grand shot to play on Jimmy Kimmel um, and record with, with Don and uh, some other really cool stuff. So it's, it's definitely a very exciting time. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't believe that I was one of the five. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's like winning the lottery or something. It's crazy. <laughs> well, um, I'm again, congratulations. Now the Final is going to be what next March uh, this coming this coming March uh, at the Troubadours or a final event where they determine who's going to be the absolute winner. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's it's a private show. It's just for the the judges and and some um, you know industry people. But uh, I'm actually I'm playing a show the night before at State Social House, um, which is going to be very cool and sort of get me warmed up for for the you know, the big day. Okay, so that's a state social house that's in Los Angeles, and it's March 5th. Now, you have a new album out called Electric Soul Magic. Now, we don't have time to talk about it now, but how would you like to come back on the show next week and we can have a full interview and talk about your new album? Yeah, that'd be great. I'd be honored. Okay, all right. It's a deal. My people will talk to your people. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. All right. And we will have you on the show next week. And incidentally, I'm one of the industry people who's going to be at the Troubadour on March oh, 6th. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wave at you. 
uh, along with all my yes. other friends who've also been up to going to be on the stage with you. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so yeah, that's exciting. It, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, thanks so much for calling us. This has uh, really been fun, and I am looking forward to seeing you or hearing you next week on the show and also seeing you at the Troubadour. Yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Okay. That was Joe Marson, and he's one of the finalists in the uh, uh, Guitar Center uh, Awards which we're going to be held early next uh, March, March 6th, and he's going to be playing at the the Social House in in Los Angeles on March 5th, and he's going to be back on the show next week. We've got to take a quick break here, and when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with a wonderful new R&B singer, Jasmine Jordan. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm host of Music Friday Live, your host of Music Friday Live, and I'm welcoming all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates. Incidentally, if you have questions or comments for our guests, you can call in 347-215-7511, except for the next guest, because that, that the interview that's coming up is pre-recorded. But you can also email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. If you're listening to Music Friday Live on a podcast, and I know a lot of you are, you can still email questions for our guests, and we will forward your questions to them so they can reply directly to you or to you through, through us. So remember, that's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Jasmine Jordan does something with R&B and pop that I have not heard before. There's a familiar beat and feel, and the R&B sensibility is there, but there's also a longing, a maturity, a a personal connection, and a heart-to-heart conversation that is rare to find and hard to accomplish. Jordan accomplishes it with what appears to be little effort. It's hard to describe, but when you listen to her debut EB time travel, you feel you know her, not the reveal my secrets of past boyfriends kind of know that many artists offer, but the kind of knowledge that you get from listening to a person talk while you read their face and their body language. Now, Jordan is relatively new on the scene. This is her first EP, and her website is basic, and her tour schedule has to be filled out some. But you can hear the sophistication in her voice and in her arrangements. She knows exactly how to frame her songwriting and her smooth, precisely controlled voice so that Even through speakers or earbuds, she creates a relationship with her listeners. And she's here today to create a relationship with you, the listeners of Music Friday Live. Jasmine Jordan, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on today. Well, Jasmine, uh, you're here today because for a debut EP, time travel is quite an accomplishment. Now, would you tell us where it came from? What kind of work and inspiration led up to this EP? Yeah, you know what? I think it was really just, I, I think, all the years leading up to uh, we started writing it in 2013. Um, I moved here summer of 2012, right after I had graduated college. Um, I decided that, you know, I, I wanted to stay in California and I needed to get to L.A., and so that was a whole um, a whole other journey in itself, moving to L.A. and just really transitioning into kind of this ad- adulthood, I guess you would say, a part of life, living on my own, you know, having a corporate job, and then really just trying to figure out how to continue chasing my dream in the midst of all that. So um, I think it was a combination of, of various experiences that have happened um, over the years, and um, at some point, I guess that was 2013, once I met the producer, Andre Detana, and we connected, um, I really started writing, and it was 
coming out like never before the the writing had and I definitely was inspired by some experiences that I have been through um I have tons of great girlfriends and um as you can imagine there's typically a lot of a uh, girl talk that happens <laughs> on a regular basis and you know I just it was like everything was pouring out of me at that point and so the first song we wrote and recorded was time travel and at that point it was just such a monumental moment because I knew it was really the start of this project that I had been longing to do in the first solo project. And so, um, you know, after talking it over and kind of thinking about things, it just seems like the most fitting title for the project as well, Time Travel. It was just very broad, and I think very purposely we, we created a, a title that, you know, tons of different people could relate to. Well, of course, you uh, you came to the right city to um, uh, follow your dream. That's what thousands and thousands of people have done over the years in Los Angeles. And, of course, you also came to the right city to do a little time traveling, because we do a lot of that here in uh, in Los Angeles. And I want to play a little bit of the, of the title track, so people out there know exactly what we're talking about. Great. When you and I were uncomplicated Let's go back in time Before I felt what I felt when you did what you did that night Once upon a time I thought you were Now, you know, we've all had that moment, uh, wishing we could go back in time to a place where life was uncomplicated. And you've captured that universal longing, but you also bring us back to reality in the chorus. And this is what I like about the, the line in the chorus, time travel ain't possible. Do you ever wish it were possible? Definitely. <laughs> and Which is really why that song why I wrote that song because there are moments and you know I I know we typically still live in regret and that's absolutely true I would never um never want to sit in regret too long and then allow it to continue affecting you know how you move forward however um I am very human and the human part of me you know sometimes wishes that I would have just thought it through a bit more and I think that sometimes um living just, you know, going off of emotion and how you feel right off the bat. Even sometimes your gut tells you that it's just not the right decision and you decide to ignore intuition and what your gut is saying and you make a decision anyway. And those are really, that was really what I was specifically highlighting in this song was that I knew better and still decided to do it. So I definitely wanted to go back in time. Well, actually, you express that rather well. There's a beautiful line in the song and a nice piece of alliterative writing. Um, Before I felt what I felt, and we did what we did that night, we did very nicely done. Now, that creates an impression of a passionate, loving union. But then you disabuse us of that in the next stanza with the words, when we see with our eyes shut, and then you nail it with the line, before you took advantage of me. Are you telling us that you're wiser now, that you can't be taken advantage of, that you don't need to go back in time to be in control of your life? What I am saying is it's not that I would never, you know, I guess because this is what I would consider, you know, a mistake, but it's not that I would never be naive again or, um, but hopefully I will not be in the same set of circumstances and make that exact decision the same way. Because when you do go through things, I think the the um, it'd be unfortunate not to learn something from it and to take something away, especially when you realize that it's uh, 
it's a decision that you wish you wouldn't have made. And once you decide that, I think it's a learning. It's not that I wouldn't ever be in that same, you know, in, in a position similar to it, but hopefully never the, that same set of circumstances. And I definitely think I'm stronger and wiser since that. Well, you uh, one decision you did make uh, later on in the song and in the video, which, by the way, is awesome, is that you bring Thank in another you. singer, uh, Blanchard DeWave. Now, I'm, I'm going to play that yeah. part, and then we'll talk about it for a second. Wish they was going 88 in the DeLorean Sit back before the breakup Jennifer Aniston Co-star Vince Vaughn And they was made up That's without the maquillage I could see him macking her Shorty, what's happening? now? Who'd have thought 30 years later They'd be divorcing, huh? Uh, in the courthouse Dividing up the fortune It's such a sad case of misfortune I think that bringing him in was perfect, but many artists would not want to insert another talent into their debut album. They'd be afraid it would dilute their effort or even seem like they couldn't carry it by themselves. Now, how did you come to the decision to bring him in? Um, It was really just a feeling. Like I knew when we wrote it that the bridge, I I could hear a hip-hop artist at that point. I knew that it would be even more empowering to hear um, a male's perspective. And, you know, I think that this is a very universal subject and topic, and um, I think that everyone can relate to it in some way or another, whether that's a relationship or a decision you make in life with regards to work, family, school, you know. Um, And so Blanchard is just such a talented friend as well, uh, just as an individual, and, you know, I knew him. I, I love his talent, his work, and it just seemed like the perfect fit to bring him into it. And thankfully, he was, you know, happy to jump on board and I thought, you know, created a perfect verse that, you know, I think you can hear the personal touch that he adds to it as well. You know, it's, it's personal what he's singing, what he's rapping about, the same way it was personal what I was singing about. And um, I just thought that, it ended up being captured the way that I, you know, hoped that it would. You're listening to Music Friday Live. We are talking to Jasmine Jordan about her new debut album, Time Travel. And this interview is pre-recorded, so don't call in, but you can send your questions to Jasmine. Send them to musicfridaylive at gmail.com, and we will forward them to her. Well, there's another song on the uh, the album that uh, really intrigues me. In fact, I, I, I've got to confess it, it's my favorite song. Um, it's Possibilities. And both the, I like it because not only the music, but also for the way in which you capture another universal feeling, and that's the fear and excitement of potential happiness. So um, let's listen to it a little bit, and I want to ask you about that fear and excitement.
this was the last song that we actually recorded, and we had kind of been debating what was the final, the fourth song to go on the EP. And something about this, I just kept going back to it because it was, it reminded me the sound of, you know, of Michael Jackson. That was the inspiration behind it. And he was just, he started on bass and, and just came up with such a great bass line and then, you know, said that he would play around with some 808s, which, you know, a lot of the other songs didn't necessarily have that. And so, um, you have to, have to explain there, what an 808 is to our audience. Um, so it's playing with like electronics, um, computerized, like electronics, really adding the computer touch to the music, um, which all my songs actually had live musicians. So we had, you know, real drums, real keys, real guitar, real bass. And so for this one, we really, he, he incorporated both of those aspects. Okay. Um, how did you learn to sing? Uh, have you had voice training? Did you sing as a child or your parents into music? Yeah. So my dad, my dad, um, really the, the music comes from his side of the family. My grandma was an opera singer um, back in the day. And then my dad always sang at church and kind of around the house. Both my parents are music lovers. So uh, honestly, from a very, very young age, I have home videos at, you know, one and a half, two years old walking around singing, you know, Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, not knowing the words, but kind of just singing along with it. So, um, yeah, we started really both, uh, my sister and me, we started singing really young. And then as, you know, we got older, my parents realized it really was something, it was a talent and that uh, we had, you know, some natural ability and then they put us in choir. So I did, you know, girls audition choir in high school, sang Throughout all my school years, um, was singing at church at a very young age and continued that until I graduated high school. Um, so I actually just started formal vocal lessons um, this year, actually. Um, so it's it's really fun to continue trying to to, uh, to perfect the craft and just to to grow because up until this point I hadn't actually had vocal lessons per se. Well, in in your early uh, music career, did you have any brushes with uh, classical music? Um, up until the end of high school, I did. Yeah, so I was in a girls audition group in high school, and then I did Les Misérables, the musical, um, when I was in high school, and played Font- played Fontaine. <laughs> so that was actually a very defining moment as well uh, for music uh, in my life. Um, just because I had such a challenging and, and big role, and uh, it was very challenging at the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. <laughs> um, well, there's another song on the EP that uh, is fraught with possibilities, and I'm going to play it. Uh, this is uh, Closer. Again, uh, you are time traveling, and this time you're looking to the future instead of looking at the past. And once again, you mm-hmm. tell a universal story, and the story is the fear and excitement of possibility. But you're positive here, and you really want to go with it. You, you want to get closer. Now, what, where did that song come from? Um, so that comes from the, uh, the end of a time travel experience. So... <laughs> You have a time Ooh. travel experience, and yes, and then you, you know, eventually you you meet someone else, 
you know, and, and life goes on. You take it day by day. You meet someone else, and, you know, you are, you know, kind of tested to see, you know, yeah, there's a chance that it could not work. There's so many chances, but it's just inviting that person to get closer. And in the second verse, I say, I know you've been let down, but come close, let me in. And that's really what this song is about is saying, let's, you know, let's let everything from our past go and let's just see, let's live in this moment um, and see what the possibilities are um, if we do, you know, kind of uh, put the wall down and just allow us to, to, to see where it can go. That sums it up well. And, and I like the fact that, that you came back to uh, time travel uh, again in that. Uh, now, you said that um, you moved to L.A. just after you, you left college. Where would you go to college? I went to school at University of the Pacific in Stockton, California. I know it well. You're yeah, good. Not, uh, yeah. we, we say that um, uh, the, L.A. is um, a town 90 miles south of the University of Pacific. <laughs> okay. Good old UOP. Good right. old UOP. <laughs> Did you uh, did, uh, and and what was your music experience while you were in college? Did you perform? Oh yeah, I um, I ended up joining a band called Sugar Water Purple, and uh, that was from the end of freshman year up until I graduated. And um, it was a neo soul kind of jazz band, and we performed um, on a very consistent basis. Uh, it was me plus about 11 other musicians. Um, it was it was a very fun experience and uh, great did time. Did you tour? Um, yeah, we did a little touring. Nothing too far. We went to the Bay Area, um, went up north to the Sacramento area, and we did a lot for our school. UOP was very supportive of Sugarwater Purple during my time there. And uh, we actually ended kind of our career together by opening up for India Ari, uh, February of 2012. Wow, nice. Okay. Well, well there's one more song on the EP, and uh, uh, this is a song that's kind of grounded in the here and now. So let's play the best I can. is a real-time conversation. There's no time traveling going on there, and you don't <laughs> want to leave the conversation. In fact, you say, you woke me up and you show me how to give selflessly. But if I follow the song, that's not enough anymore. So in that song, who has outgrown who in that song? You know, I think, I don't know if it's as much about outgrowing a person as it's just, look, I'm doing my best, I'm giving you all that I can, I'm trying, I'm putting in effort, and this still seems to not be working. And at this point, you're just, you know, it really speaks from that perspective where it's, you know, those days where you're in a relationship and you just say, like, it's just not enough. Like, and I, I don't know what else to do because I'm doing the best that I know how to. Well, I think you said the key word there. All of these songs, all the songs of this EP are about relationships. And they're about relationships that are unsettled. Either they're cautiously beginning or they've ended or they're kind of in flux. So is that where you are now, kind of gathering up your experiences and learning from the past and looking to the future with a little fear and excitement? Yeah. You know, I think I said this at some point. I think life is just all about it's living in the moment um, learning, self-reflecting, enjoying it, um, and trying to live it without fear. And, 
I think, you know, in my writing, you'll hear just, and in the music, you'll hear from tons of different experiences. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily always have to be where I'm at in my life at this moment, but maybe I have been there. Um, maybe it's, you know, a place someone I'm close to has been or is currently. And I just try to draw from different influences um, in the writing. And uh, really, it always does come down to love. And, you know, that's what I really believe all of us are here to do. We're here to love. We want to be loved. And um, I definitely, I think that it's a very universal topic. And I hope that, you know, people, whether they just enjoy it when they listen to it and smile, um, or they can relate to it because they're in it or have been in it. Um, that's really what I hope. I hope that they, they draw some type of joy, inspiration, or encouragement from, from all of the music. Well, I have, and I've listened to it a lot this week. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Where do you go next? you have a tour? you got another album you're working on? What's What's going on with Jasmine? Yeah, so Time Travel Tour is definitely not done. My next stop is Seattle. Um, I will be in Seattle March 14th, and then we are adding some Los Angeles dates uh, very soon. We are confirming those dates, so that will be announced on all of my social media and my website, jasminejordanmusic.com, shortly. And, yes, uh, you you said it. I am starting to write already, working on the next single, and, therefore, uh, soon after that will be a, another album. So I hope to have a single uh, for the summer, ready for everyone here in the next few months. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing your show live in Los Angeles. I really hope you uh, confirm those dates, and I will watch your your uh, Twitter feed and your website to make sure that uh, I know when and where to go to them. Unfortunately, where we have to go right now is to a commercial because we're out of time. Uh, Jasmine, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Thank you so much, Patrick. I completely appreciate your guys' support and love and hope that we can do this again. We will. Jasmine Jordan, the EP is Time Travel. It's far beyond a debut effort, and it's a must-have album. You can have it either at her website, which is www.jasminejordanmusic.com, or you can find her on iTunes. We have to take a break now, and when we come back, what's a non-professional, professional blues man? We're going to talk to one. Don't go away. You listen to Music Friday Live. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA, always on the go. Well, Music Friday Live was created to bring very promising and talented emerging artists to you, my audience. We wanted to give them a boost and also give you a look at what it takes to become a successful musician, which is, uh, frankly, a lot more than talent. There are thousands of bands in the country. Now, once in a while, we talk with an established musician like Marky Ramone, and usually, but usually our guests are artists who are working very, very hard to succeed. Today... We're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk with a passionate, talented, and well-recorded artist who has no thought of becoming a professional musician, despite playing in three bands and releasing two albums. He does it because he loves it. His name is John Williams, and he plays the blues big time. John, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you, Patrick. Great to be with you. Well, John, you're an investment advisor by day and a blues guitarist by night. Uh, how long have you been leading this double life? <laughs> well, uh, quite some time, Patrick. I've got some years on me, uh, but I've always enjoyed uh, performing uh, uh, live music and, uh, and playing, uh, playing blues guitar. Well, have you ever thought of going pro in the music business? No, uh, I really, really have not. Uh, maybe when I was younger, Patrick, in uh, high school, like many, many others, I'm sure you've spoken with over the years, there, there, there could have been a, 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 a sliver of time where maybe I thought I could. But uh, when you start playing with uh, with folks, uh, others that themselves are uh, on that track, uh, you, you uh, in my case at least, uh, quickly realize uh, I better. Just uh, enjoy myself and uh, shove those dreams 
And uh, no, I, I really did not. I, 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 at one point, I was a trumpeter, Patrick, when I was quite young, and I loved playing that trumpet. And if any, if, if I ever thought I was going to go on and uh, play an instrument uh, professionally, that was the one. But I was, uh, you know, 13 years old at the time. <laughs> so you picked up the guitar, and the rest yeah. is history. Well, this yes. this, this uh, album that you've released, Spirits. Sinners, Shrews, and Blues is is huge. Eighteen songs. Now, why did you decide to go so big? That's a lot of work. It, it was. Thank you, and I sure appreciate your highlighting uh, the uh, Little Brothers Blues Band uh, release that we uh, released just uh, just last November. Well, uh, Patrick, this was meant to be, and I'm hoping it's a reasonably good cut at some seminal Chicago blues. Uh, I am from the north side of Chicago, was raised there for 16 years, and I guess it is in my blood uh, to enjoy uh, Chicago blues. And I really set out, after we uh, did our first CD, which is also a blues CD, in 2013, I really set out to study uh, the history of uh, Chicago blues artists, and there are so many, so many good ones. Uh, I focused on uh, a subset of of them, but... uh, there's a lot of very good Chicago blues to play, Patrick. So I, uh, uh, I, I focused on as, as many as I could play, first off, and that uh, my buddies might enjoy playing uh, in the blues band. And uh, we ended up with, uh, well, 18, but the last one, as you know, is a, is a traditional uh, spiritual, not really uh, considered a Chicago blues song. But I'm hoping they were all meant to more or less be related to the Chicago blues. Well, I want to give our, our listeners uh, a taste of, of how big this album is. And one of my favorite down and dirty blues songs is this one. This is called Help Me. Now that, of course, is uh, Help Me by uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, Willie Dixon, and Ralph Bass, uh, and that was recorded in 1963, and I assume that, that that's that's you there on the guitar, right? It is. It is. I'm playing all the guitars. Uh, most of well, I played the lead. I uh, have a uh, remarkable uh, other couple of lead guitarists and uh, and rhythm guitarists, but yes, you, you probably hear me most on this one, most prominently my guitar. Well, you've you've captured the soul of the original quite nicely, and you've added a little bit of modern flourish to it. And, and boy, there's a great bass player back there, too. Uh, yeah. That must have been a lot of fun to record that. Oh, absolutely. It, it, and thank you for pointing out, um, uh, you know, I think it is one of the marquee songs on, on the album. And uh, uh, But I've, I've got some very strong players, Patrick, in the uh, Little Brothers Blues Band with me. Well, you know, that's one of the things I like about the blues is that the bass is an important piece in the blues. It doesn't get, you know, sometimes it gets lost in rock and, and alt rock, but with blues, and just like in that song, it's out there. It's that constant in the back, and you've really got it down there nicely. It really scaffolds your guitar playing quite well. So, so who's on the bass there? You know, I uh, sometimes uh, when we recorded these, uh, the uh, the two other guitarists uh, in the band uh, shared the bass responsibilities. So uh, I'd have to listen a little closer, but uh, most likely it's John Knowlton. Uh, okay. I've known John for over 30 years. He is a, himself a professional uh, musician uh, in Phoenix, has played widely uh, around the Phoenix area and all over the country. And, but he's just a very old uh, a personal friend of mine that, that comes all the way over uh, with his friend uh, Michael Gaughan uh, to contribute to our CD as we record here in, uh, in Los Angeles. So it's most likely the remarkable guitarist John Knowlton. 
He certainly is. Uh, all the guitar work in there is is, is uh, re- remarkable. Now, I, I want to sort of move up a few years and get a little more country blues sound here. Um, this is your take on Mean Old Frisco, which, of course, was written by author uh, Big Boy Crudup and recorded in 77 by none other than Eric Clapton. Oh, this is uh, Mean Old Frisco. that get into a Chicago blues album? That sounds more like Southern blues. <laughs> well, that one was um, another one of our members of the band is a fellow named Doc Larson. Uh, really, th- that song is, is uh, largely uh, Doc Larson on slide uh, and singing uh, with all of us backing him up. And uh, he, uh, he he just brought it to the sessions and said, I, I, I'd like to record this one and uh, 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 we all loved it and, and we did. So uh, we're big fans of Eric Clapton, as you would expect. And uh, it was done uh, by the version that he's uh, playing is the one that, uh, uh, or, or covering the, ver- the Clapton, that, uh, the version that Eric Clapton did. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he did because it's a, it's a great addition to the album. Uh, we're talking with John Williams, the founder and lead guitar player of the Little Brothers Blues Band, about his new two-CD set, Spirits, Sinners, Shrews, and Blues. You can talk with them. You can call in at 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or if you're sitting at work and you've got your headphones on and you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint on the screen, but you're listening to us, you can send us an email, and you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And a bunch of you already have, so I'm going to read you some of the emails that, that we're getting here, John. Um, this is from Roxy in Los Angeles, and Roxy wants to know, well, where do you play? Where can we see you in L.A.? I don't know. Do you do gigs? Uh, I do, uh, Patrick. None scheduled currently. The the, the the disc that we're listening to uh, is really what I call a project band. Uh, the the musicians are, are widely scattered. Uh, we gather. We've done it now two years in a row. We'll see if we do it again. So the, the Little Brothers Blues Band really doesn't play live. Um, it, it's a couple of my close friends coming over from Phoenix uh, and a couple of my local buddies, and then uh, the saxophone player, uh, Karen Golden, lives here locally. So someday maybe we'll pull together a, a show at some point, but uh, I, I am a member, uh, founder of another band uh, called Midnight Lightning, and the Midnight Lightning Band uh, plays now and again, but not, not too steadily around Los Angeles. But thanks for asking. <laughs> you know, for for a, <laughs> a, a non-pro, you seem to spend a lot of time uh, playing music, and I guess that's very a very good thing. Um, Thank you. Santiago. Santiago in Austin wants to know what made you switch from the trumpet to the guitar. They're totally different uh, instruments. <laughs> well, very good question. 
Well, nothing uh, of any great importance, I will, I will say. Uh, there isn't some uh, a huge story, though. I did uh, the, uh, the, the, I suppose, a, a version of the truth, Santiago, is I uh, picked the trumpet up back again when I was in college. I played in a summer band, and uh, when I went to uh, audition to uh, really formally join the music program, uh, I was living in uh, Arizona. When I formally tried to join the Arizona State uh, University uh, music program, much like you see in the movie out right now um, uh, with the uh, the drummers, uh, I failed. I failed the, the audition. <laughs> the class, yes. Well, I, I failed the audition. So uh, they, they didn't uh, take me into the program, and I uh, walked outside, and I thought, well, uh, maybe that's enough trumpet, John. <laughs> so I, and I was always playing guitar. I was always playing my guitar, so I just okay. continued to play my, my electric guitar. Uh, Barry in San Francisco wants to know, oh, where does the band name come from? Is your little brother one of the players? Thank you. The, the, the Little Brothers Blues Band uh, is really a, a reference to me. I am the little brother of a uh, couple old, I have a couple older brothers and, and an older sister. But uh, in particular, my oldest brother Bob uh, named me little brother. He would uh, come home from college. He'd uh, offer me uh, beers and all kinds of other fun stuff and, and play a lot of music with me. And, and uh, he always just referred to me in, in those college years as little brother. So. Uh, okay. Uh, so there I is am, a little I brother. Am, I am the little brother. Yeah, there is a little brother, and you are it. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. What one more here before we play some more music? Um, uh, Samara in Brooklyn wants to know: uh, Did you go to blues clubs when you were uh, growing up in Chicago? And are you also something of an amateur blues historian? Well, uh, you know, not to, uh, probably not quite like she's uh, asking. I lived way up on the north side. I grew up in the same town that Michael Bloomfield uh, grew up in, and he uh, traveled on the train all the way down to the south side to play with the greats, Muddy and Howling. Uh, but, no, I, I, I did not. I was really not quite consumed with blues when I was age uh, 12. We left Chicago when I was 16. Uh, but uh, So probably not formally as, you would, uh, as, as you're asking, but uh, which I wish I had. I'm sorry, the second part of the question, Patrick? Uh, are you something of an amateur blues historian? Yeah, well, I probably not. Uh, there's probably folks uh, that, that are much more uh, plugged in than me. But I, I, to do this CD, I will say, I read a number of books. Uh, I, I did as much uh, reading about the Chicago blues as I could. Uh, I certainly wouldn't claim uh, to be any any sort of authority uh, on uh, on the uh, the genre. But uh, I, I read. You know, three or four books referred to as many magazine articles as I could. I would something would catch my eye. Uh, uh, an author would say, uh, you know, you really uh, need to know that Sonny Boy Williamson and Willie Dixon were did this in Chicago. So then I'd go hunt uh, as much as I could uh, and read about uh, them individual. Of course, you run across uh, Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf uh, uh, very quickly. And there's a couple from each of them on this album. And uh, but, so I, I, I read as much as I could and spoke to a few folks. I'm sure yourself, Patrick, because I know you are uh, a, a rather versed fellow in music. So uh, just, just getting opinions from folks and then listening. Uh, ultimately, I was trying to listen to these artists' uh, songs and, uh, and decide which one I thought we, we would enjoy playing. Well, I was—I'm uh, not sure how well versed I am. Like you, I have a, a shelf full of books on various music genres, including the blues and, and a number of uh, of historical sets, because I like the blues a lot. Uh, but I, I have a, another question for you myself, uh, rather than from the email uh, our, our email audiences, and that is, where did the title "Sinners, Shrews"? A spirit, sinners, shrews, and blues come from, and also the subtitle, the 2014 sizzling summer sessions. I'd just say that fast on the radio. All right. Well, uh, in, in reverse order, uh, it does have the subtitle, uh, sizzling summer sessions. Uh, you might recall uh, that last summer here in Los Angeles, and maybe 
coming summer that was hot, and uh, we recorded this uh, in the first uh, three days of August uh, in my home uh, in Encino, and it was really hot outside. So the air conditioner was working hard, trying to keep these uh, hardworking uh, musicians uh, cool. It was not easy, not easy, especially our drummer. He he works up uh, some real heat. Robert Fortunato is one of the great drummers you could play with, a very old friend of mine. And so uh, it was hot uh, when we recorded. So the uh, sizzling summer really refers to the heat outside, but I suppose also a reference to uh, the uh, dazzling talent that was in the room. The title of the uh, album uh, just came to me uh, as uh, as the title of my other album did, more or less than that that uh, waking uh, dream uh, time when you're almost half asleep or half awake and uh, – you know, there were really uh, four elements of my life over the last couple of years. Uh, I did lose my oldest brother, and I consider him uh, to be now my spirit brother. Uh, and uh, probably referencing uh, some some uh, some spirits uh, that uh, my, my brother and my relatives, uh, those that are uh, departed sinners. I, I hang out with my share of sinners, Patrick. Uh, Shrews, I... Uh, I date and uh, enjoy the uh, opposite sex, and, and of course it's a blues album. So there you go. <laughs> that you can got be all, four, all four descriptors on uh, my life over the last couple of years. Okay. Well, as I said earlier, uh, you captured the original feel of "Help Me" quite nicely. Um, now, Gary Moore's "Midnight Blues," as he recorded it in 1990, really can't be duplicated. Uh, his original is so smoky, so. Sp- Spooky, so bass heavy, and so shot through with his in- incomparable guitar work. But I want to uh, play a little bit of your version of it, and then let's talk about how you approach this. This is Midnight Blues. Now, now, obviously, there are few people, if any, who could do that song the way Moore did it. So why did you take on the challenge of that song, and, and how did you approach it? Well, uh, Patrick, the song just uh, got under my skin. Uh, it is, it is uh, and thanks for pointing out, I think it is uh, such an incredible song. And Gary Moore himself, I completely agree with you, unmatchable talent on um Les Paul guitar. And so uh, it just got under my skin. I began playing it uh, just on my own and, uh, you know, learned it. And then uh, brought uh, Robert Fortunato. This was probably, I would I would think this was probably the toughest one on the album for uh, our drummer, only because it was just him and a metronome. Uh, it was the only one on the album that we, we did with a metronome because none of the other musicians were uh, were available. And he, he really, uh, of course, uh, uh, wants to accompany other uh, other players. So it was really just him and a metronome is how this song started. And I think he just did a fantastic job. 
uh, laying down the uh, the backbone. Uh, I layered on uh, guitar, lots of different guitars, uh, singing, and Doc Larson came along, added the bass and a, a beautiful uh, keyboard. So it was uh, it was this is one, as I note on the album that we we constructed uh, way before the live sessions. Well, as as a person who's who's learning the drum, uh, I realize how difficult it is to uh, play with a metronome, and uh, <laughs> not let it sort of get in the way. So, congratulations on that. Well, I think we have time for actually we have we have a couple more emails, and we may have time for for one more song. Um, Mustafa in Minneapolis wants to know how did you select these songs. Well, uh, thank you, Mustafa. It really was reading uh, about Chicago blues, listening. It was a combination of, of uh, uh, come to grips with uh, uh, some of the, the masters and some of the more uh, subtle. You know, you, you, when you listen to Holland Wolf and Muddy Waters, two of the key uh, seminal blues players, you quickly come across the name Willie Dixon. Uh, Willie Dixon uh, was... Uh, uh, not just a, a terrific bass player in their bands, but wrote a number of songs that both um, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf uh, became uh, associated with, and and then so forth. So then while while you're reading about Willie Dixon, you uh, start understanding that Sonny Boy Williamson the uh, second also is was very important in these seminal recordings, and then you just keep reading and then you realize how much Gary Moore loved uh these folks uh with his recordings and you you of course then touch on Gary Moore and you can't be in the business of recording blues like this without coming across Eric Clapton now not a Chicago bluesman but one of the great if not one of the uh penultimate uh, blues guitarists of um the generation just after uh these folks were recording uh and uh, so it was just a a lot of connections, and then just enjoying. Uh, I wanted to make sure, if I could, that we were recording music that uh, hopefully the listener uh, would enjoy listening to. Well, they certainly do. You managed to pick out 18 songs that we all enjoy listening to. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to enjoy listening to them for too much longer, but I did want to sneak in a little bit of Killing Floor. This is off of your album. I just wanted to give people a little sample of, uh, of some of your guitar playing there. That's uh, that's Killing Floor, and that's also on the album. And, John, we are out of time, so I'm going to have to say thank you so much for taking the time away from your professional life to share your music life with us. It's been a pleasure. Patrick, can't thank you enough, and I'm sure like other artists that have been on your show, this is just a terrific opportunity uh, for us to uh, talk about our, our passions and all the music is on SoundCloud. There really is no way to uh, acquire the uh, the CD, but I did put it all on SoundCloud and uh, hope everyone uh, that listens does enjoy it and enjoy okay. the blues. Okay, that's Spirit Center Shrews and Blues, and look it up on SoundCloud. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Blog Talk Radio Network. At the Cyber Station USA Network and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter feed, you'll get real-time updates on our guests. <clears throat> our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday and this program should be ready for downloading probably about five minutes after we go off the air be here next friday joe marson remember we talked with him at the beginning of the show he's going to come back 
with a full interview. My people did talk to his people, okay? Uh, check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll update you on the other guests. I think it's going to be Ali, a wonderful uh, uh, Latin crossover artist, and we'll let you know. Good night, everybody. Have a great musical weekend, and I'm going to leave you with a bit of Amazing Grace from the Little Brothers Blues Band.